Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's your boy TBC on the Jokes and Jocks podcast with my co host, G. Hey Wiley, your favorite Blasian. Oh, yeah. And we got a special guest today coming live from the Bay Area. My partner, the very talented, the very entrepreneurial, one of the hardest workers in the game. Hit up, Slim. What's good, hey. baby? Come on, I'm in here, man. I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you having me, my good brother. You, know you, got, you got it, man. You got it. We overdue, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. So, um... So what what what's uh what's what's popping with you, man? I know you've been every time I get on Instagram, man, I see a new video, uh, a new project you're working on, man. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on right now, cause it it seems like a lot. Um, I try to stay active, TBC, um, and I appreciate the love, man. Um, yeah, I drop. I try to drop consistently because you know the time has changed now, bro. Where you know. Um, People, people don't ride to an album for six, seven months no more. I mean, they will, but they also always want fresh content. So now, you know, I'm real, uh, I'm real one on one, and I, I drop my, I drop my music on an intimate level where I really focus on my direct listeners and my fans that really rock with me. So I just do my part to just keep them with something fresh, something, something new to listen to, trying try to get somebody through their day. You know what I mean? I feel it, man. I feel it. And so you've been, um, I mean, you've been rapping since what? Since high school, right? So yeah, this, yeah, kind of like, yeah. So this kind of been like an evolution to this point, right? I mean, for sure, because um, I, I professionally started rapping. Of course, once I was out of high school, um, I got a record deal right out of high school, and um, and yeah, I've uh, had my transitions in the game and went to DJ, and I stopped rapping for a while. Went to DJ. Uh, back to uh, rapping, I've been behind the scenes working with other artists, and you know, and then uh, you know, once I found another uh, sweet spot where I was actually having fun with the music again, then I dialed back in and got back on the microphone. Word. So you was originally signed with Sibo uh, and AWOL Records, right? Yes, sir. That's where I, that's where I got my first record deal was uh, AWOL Records and Sibo. Yeah, shout out to Sibo. And then, did you go independent after that, or did you uh, sign um, immediately with with Sick with the Records and E Forty and them? Yeah, after after AWOL, I went independent for a while, and I was just you know uh, trying to figure it out. That label went down, so you know just coming out of that, I was just trying to figure it out and trying to just find my ropes and trying to figure out you know what direction to go in because I was still real young and you know trying to figure it all out so i went independent for a while and was just dropping music with you know my fellow artists you know r.i.p to jack i was uh, rocking with the jack and the rest of the my figures and you know all the homies that was on the uh that was that i was affiliated with so i was just trying to figure it out and then um as i was doing that i started getting a buzz in the street and then i ended up getting a record that was on uh kmiel it was called tycoon you know, and that featured uh, Keek, Keek the Sneak and the Federation. So from that, uh, I reached out to, through Muggsy, shout out Young Muggsy. I reached out to Muggsy and um, asked him if I can get E-40 on the remix. 
And, you know, when I did that, uh, 40 reached back and not only did he get on the record, but he was like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? I like what you're doing. You know, we should do some business together, you know? Wow. What a great look, man. So this is what was was this all within the last like five, five, ten years? No, I mean, it's been longer than that. I've been rocking with Sickway because, see, I was already I was already strongly affiliated, affiliated to sick with it because the owner of uh, the owner of AWOL, which is uh, Freddie T. Smith and um, and E-40, they're actually first cousins. Oh, wow. Okay, family business. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying, they actually first cousins. So it was, you know, already an automatic connection. You know what I mean? I got it. Uh, Slim, just really quick question, because I know you guys, you know, you, you go, you and TBC go way back and, you know, we just met today, but what made you want to start? Because like some people, when they start their hip hop career, like they start either really, really early or really, really late. You started like right at the, at the sweet spot. What made you want to start, you know, this particular career, you know, in, in music and hip hop? Um, I just had a love for it. I was in the artist like DJ Quick and, you know, um, you know, I was in the artist like Tretch from Naughty by Nature. And, you know, of course, the Tupacs and, you know, uh, Nas. And I just, you know, I, I love I love the, uh, the essence of, of, of rap. And then and not only that. So I, I used to feel like, well, damn, I know these dudes rap. I felt like I knew some of their raps better than them. Mm. You know, so so as I was, um, you know, reciting all their raps and stuff like that, you know, we should do our own, uh, make our own song. And, you know, in my eyes, it wasn't it wasn't possible to do that. So I was like, wait, how, how do we do that? And he was like, man, let's write a rap. And so uh, so I wrote my first rap and I just fell in love with the game. You know, it wasn't really my intention to be a rapper, but when once I wrote my first rap, I was I was in love. Mm. And was you doing like high school talent shows and like performing nope. locally in Richmond? Back nope, in I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. I was a little too shy to really just come out and say I was a full fledged rapper. You know, because I started. You know, I was in high school when I was rapping, but I wasn't ready to you know, announce, Hey, I'm a rapper. And well, I, you know, I was, I was going to the rallies and watching the artists go up there and jump. I was, I was motivated by it, but I wasn't ready to get up there and do stuff. Mm. Okay. And then how did that, all, all, that all went down with Sibo? How did they discover you? How did AWOL, how, how did um, AWOL? So I got discovered. So, 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 so my big bro, um, out of Richmond, uh, his name is, uh, Tay, Tay Miles. He goes by stay ready. He, um, we were running together from kids and he ended up getting caught up in some legal trouble and he caught a bid. So they sentenced my bro to like 14 years. We was teenagers. I was like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So he got some serious time. So when he got that time, they sent it to the penitentiary. Now, um, just so happened, the owner, the CEO of uh, AWOL, his name was Freddie T. Smith, he was also in the penitentiary service some time. So my bro ended up getting in some type of scuffle or altercation and ended up going to the hole with a few of his, uh, you know, with a few of his um, uh, homies. Mm. 
So they in the hole and they they rapping back and forth, like from cell to cell. He, you know, but my brother didn't really rap. He just knew all my raps that I used to say around the neighborhood. So he was in there rapping my raps. And the CEO of AWOL was in like the cell next to him, like, hey, bro, that's kind of tight. And then, you know, my brothers kept it 100, like, hey, look, right on, bro, but, you know, if you really want that and want to know where that came from, tap in with my folks, you know, outside. So then uh, Freddie T reached out to the homie, shout out Marshall Tubbs, Big V. He reached out to Big V and told Big V to hit me up. So when I came home one day, you know, life is real regular for me. I'm just a kid trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? I was going through all kind of shit. And um, I still never forget, I had just broke up with my girl at the time. I came home, I was hella mad, all type of shit. And I walked in the house and my mom was like, uh, like, yeah, son, you got a call from, uh, she said A1 Records, because I guess she must have misheard what they said when they said AWOL. But she's like, you know, because, you know, back then you had to take a, you had to take a message for somebody, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have no voicemails, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. You got to take, you know, take a message. So. So I look at the piece of paper saying A1 Records. Now, listen, I'm just looking at my mama like, why is she playing with me? Ain't no record company calling me because I hadn't talked to my bro because he was in the hole. So it's not like he gave me a heads up like, hey, bro, I, I connected you. So I called a number back and they like AWOL. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and, you know, my big cousins was listening to SIBO and, you know, all the, all the, all the. So I came up hearing it. I was a youngster, but I knew about it because my big cousins were slapping it. So I'm like, what the hell going on? So, uh. So then they like, you know, yeah, some people speaking up for you, you know, inside. So I, I put two and two together and I was like, damn. So he was like, man, can you rap for me on the phone? Now, mind you, when I was on, the, you know, I was doing my thing. I was paying like my little five, ten dollars rent studio time, uh, uh, getting my little demo tapes and all that. So it was fortunate that from a youngster, I still already believed in myself and was spending my couple dollars out of my pocket to rent studio time. So I had a tape to play he was like can you play some music had something to play for him so i put the put it to the uh speaker play some music to him and he was like let me hear you rap something right now i rapped to him on the phone he was like man you signed send me someone he said he was like you got a fax number he was like you got a fax number to send this contract so i i, I had him fax it to kinko's i mean kinko's waiting sitting up in there man then papers came through i was like bro i'm done with everything you know what I mean? Wow. Man, that is a deep story. That is, re that's crazy. Yeah, that's just how it happens. It's just like, you know, um, it's, 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 it's one of the chances, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, everybody has to have, an, it only takes one person to have faith in you, you see, you know, and then, you know, you, know you can saying? sky. Yeah, you can skyrocket from that. That's incredible. Sure. So was uh was the mob figures in Jacka? I mean Jacka, Hustler, and all those guys, uh, Ryder. Was they signed? They wasn't. At that they time wasn't. Too, or were they not there yet? They wasn't. They wasn't there yet. So so when I signed, you know, when I got to AWOL, the only person that was on the label was uh Looney Colion. He went by Lunacy back then. Yeah. So I come to the label and I'm like, he the only person there, and he was still a new artist too, and I'm like, you know, I was kind of shocked. Like you know, the first day I signed, they had me in the studio, and I'm like. Where's Sibo at? Where, you know, I'm looking at where everybody at. But Sibo was still incarcerated at the time. Everybody else was like off the label at the time. So there was no other artist there. It was just me and uh, Lunacy. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, fuck it. I got an opportunity. Let's go. Right. And um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so it, it went like that. And then, um, 
then next thing you know, everybody else came on board. And with the mob figures, they came later on in, um, in the process. And when they came, uh, we discovered them at the seafood festival in uh, Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Because they came up, we were, you know, the AWOL crew, we would go up there, you know, you know, and when we went up there, like, I remember, I, I remember myself seeing uh, Ryder J. Clyde and AP9. They like came up to us and was like, hey, you know, they were showing love and all everything. And they were saying, hey, you know, yeah, we, you know, they wasn't even the my figures yet. They was just rappers trying to get on. One of my homies from Seattle, my boy Mike, he took he took notice to him. Like they were some fly youngsters, though. I, I they caught my eye and I was like, okay, what's up? Yeah, you know, but I kept it moving. I didn't engage like that, but my partner Mike did. And Mike took their tape. Once again, them dudes had a cassette tape. They had they had something that something to hand over. So um, so I, so so we met him, we kept it moving, we went back for the next week or so. My boy Mike was riding around listening to their tape. So I hop in with him and he bro, these dudes hard, bro. And, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, I was a youngster. I was in competition. I was like, bro, I ain't really, you know, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but he was stuck on them. You feel me? My boy Mike was stuck on them. So I was like, okay. So Mike took them to uh to the label. I mean, he took the tape to the label and was like, man, these dudes is hard. Now, mind you, this was like um 97, 98, you know what I'm saying? It's around, it's like 98, I would say. And, uh, you know, Pac just passed away. And, you know, uh, Sebo loved Tupac. And Tupac loved Sebo. So, um, you know, he was kind of like, you know, he was he wanted to carry on the movement, like, but how he had a law. Mm. Shoot, I think we lost him. Okay. Let me, uh. It's okay. So the oh, here he comes back. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm here though. Yeah, nope. we got nope. you. You're good. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so 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 Bo was kind of looking for like a crew. You know what I'm saying? Like a young young homies up under him, outlaws, and um and and they brought uh uh Mike brought them brought the my figures to the table and. And, you know, AWOL at the time, it was already hella rappers. It was Killer Tay, Marvelous, Pizzo, uh, Probable Cause, myself. C was hella artists. AWOL was like, man, and this was my youngster. So he was like, bro, I'm not taking no more artists. So anyway, so one day Sebo had a session. He brought all the figures to the, uh, to the studio. They wasn't the mob figures yet. So they was in there like they was trying out to be rappers like you know what i'm saying so they was like almost battle rapping each other like like i'm making it type shit you feel me yeah and uh they end up they all in the booth and i just remember sebo being like y'all the mob figures and from then it was like you know and um he was like well i signed him to my shit so you know that's what he did you know, wow. the rest was history. They became the mind figures. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember that the the late nineties, bro. I mean, I was I was just getting into college. I was at Berkeley, and I remember back then used to go to Rasputin and mm -hmm. uh, on Telegraph, and I would go in there. I would cop like twenty CDs, like every time I would go in there, all Bay Area music. And you know, I was right. the, like when I was at Cal, it was only so many guys. Even from the Bay, it was a lot of LA dudes 
So I was in the locker room, like slapping all Bay Area, like yeah, yeah, you like forty, you know, whoever yeah. RBL, you name it, right? And then it was like, then I just started discovering new artists. Um, and I remember used to mob figures was like, you know, because with football, hip hop and football go hand in hand, and you know, it was like that gangster shit. So it was like for me, it got me into that mentality that helped me. I feel like get get ready for games and, and had that mentality right. to go out there and literally try to kill somebody on the football field. So it was like, sure. you know, so, you know, fast and forward. And when, uh, when I finally started to meet y'all, man, I, I met Jack, I met you, I met, you know, Huss, I met everybody. I haven't met, I met Sebo at an airport one time um, in Vegas, but um, it was just like full circle, man. Cause you know, once I retired, even before I retired, I started rapping and being able to work with y'all, man. I was like, Wow, I'm, I'm working out with the, you know I'm, I'm I'm doing music with these dudes that that literally like kind of raised me you know in my teenage days, man. But they was really around the same age as me, so so that was crazy, man. And with Jack, you know I know you y'all was on the label together, but then later on down the line y'all y'all started collabing on um on collaboration albums. How did that how did that all get going? So 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 after they uh, washed down, I went and opened up a facility. I had a studio in Richmond. Because, you know, it was, um, you know, so it was like, you know, uh, I felt like I was trying to get studio time and for a minute at first and all that. But you know how that go. And then eventually I realized, like, like the best thing to do is my own headquarters. So with the label going down, we all was kind of, like, confused. Uh, you know, my figure, uh, they, they deal situation went down. Everything kind of went down. So Jack. You know, and I had a strong relationship with all the figures, so they was just like my dogs. So, yeah. um, so yeah. Jack, so, so Jack would always just come to the studio and just hang out. It was we wasn't even on no music shit. It was just like we was playing Madden and you know uh, blowing tree and just kicking it. It was never really about. We was all just trying to figure it out. We had the studio right there, but we never tripped on it. And then um, I just remember. Uh, uh, we were still doing songs every now and then, so I was getting him on shit, and he was getting me on shit. We was doing shit, and then uh, I just remember um, uh, Shorty All Over Me popped off. Shorty All Over Me popped off, and um, and uh, it, it, it was just starting to kick off because Jack was still Jack. Jack was a natural talent, so he always kept something rocking. But then I remember. Um, it was one day we was in the studio and like I would come to the studio and Jack would already be there. I, I wouldn't even, and when like, he was already there with tracks, making beats, doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? And and when I came in there, um, tracks was in there making 20 bricks on the spot and Jack was already there. Tracks a million or tracks FDR? Tracks FDR, tracks FDR, tra tracks from the rich was my main producer. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, I started rocking with from day one, especially when I left AWOL. It was like tracks. I came, you know, tracks FDR. It was like, bro, like I need a producer. I need you there. You know what I'm saying? Well, he was a youngster coming up. He was looking for an opportunity. He was like, bro, I'm with you. He's been rocking with me ever since. But, um, but anyway, like I said, yeah, for sure. But, but like I said, like with, uh, when I came in there, uh, J uh, Jack was already in there. We chilling, we kicking it. He was like, man, bro, we be up in here, bro. We got to start making some music too. And I was like, Nah, you right for sure. So I told Tracks when Twenty Bricks when he was making it, I was like, you know, bro, turn that off. Play some shit you already got. And Jack was like, 
what? Is you crazy? This song is sick. He was like, bro, let's start with this one right here. So that's how that came about. He did that. So we made 20 bricks. And then right after we made 20 bricks, Shorty All Over Me started popping on the radio not long after. Was that a Jeffro beat or that's Tracks FDR beat? Shorty All Over Me? Yeah. I think that was Jeffro. I think okay. Jeffro made that. I can't remember who made that. I think that was Jeffro. I think but but uh, but but that song just started popping on the radio. So we all like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Breath started taking off. And this is what's rare about solid individuals. Bro was so solid that once he started record start taking off, he was like, bro, we should do a whole album. Mm. And I'm looking like, nigga, you want to do an album with me? You taking off. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, nah, bro, now we should do a whole album. So I was like, damn. So, and then Breast started getting hella shows, and and he just took me. He was just like, man, come to everything. So every time I came, we would do twenty bricks. He would bring me out, and Breast was just jamming like that, carrying out the material things. He really just wanted to see his dog shine, right? He was a very different individual, bro. Yeah, bro right. never cared about the diamonds, and chains, and cars, and none of that. He didn't care about it, bro. He would give you his little dollar. His Genuinely didn't care. You know, I mean, you know, it just didn't mean nothing to him. It didn't mean more than friendship to him. The material things didn't mean that. And I realized like, man, how many people people want to clutch on to and want to work with you when they on the down, when they falling off, or when they on their way out, and they hey bro, you still do uh, you, know, you know how I go. Bro was like, let's do this while I'm on the up. And he and, and he did. He brought me in. And then, and not only and I had a record called "Put Me On" with the homie Matt Black that came about after one of the shows we did. After one of the shows, he had a show and let me open up. After the show, he was like, he introduced me to Matt Black and was like, "Brother Matt Black, bro, y'all He was like, "Bro, do a song with him." Like this nigga gave me formula that he just was winning off of, and was like, "Bro, do a song with him." So I did a song, and then you had "Put Me On." Next thing you know, the same stages that I was you know, we was booked on the same shows. And I remember backstage him being like, bro, you did the right shit with this shit, bro. Mm. Man, I miss that dude, man. So, you know, yeah, man. You know, RP to Jack, man. You know, Jack loved you too, bro. He that's really I, I believe that's how we met. Like I, I I remember us meeting like in the city, and he was like, bro, this my nigga. And he was talking about you, bro. And I I, I believe I, I kind of remember it vaguely, but I think we was in the city at uh what was that club? It was on like it was a club hype or something like that. It was on like mission, it was in the city though. But that's the first time I met you. I was with Jack and we was in the city. And he loved you, bro. He was just like, man, this is my dog. And then I had met you in the city. And then from there, you know what I'm saying, man, you locked in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I met Jack, man, out in, like, Miami. I want to say my second year in the league, just randomly um, going into a nightclub. And he had um, the Jack Artist album, I guess, just came out. And he had some CDs with him. And um, he handed me the CD. and then. He was like, where you from? I said, I'm from the Bay, man. You, I know who you are, bro. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah, man, tap. He gave me his number. It was like, wasn't even about, like, you know, any rap shit. It was just like, tap in with me whenever you're back in California. You know, we'll link up. 
And then we just kept in touch the whole time, man. He would invite me to come out, chill in the studio. And then when I when I finally, uh, when I signed with the 49ers, man, I started just, you know, plugging in with tickets. We'd go out to dinner afterwards, chop it up. He would still invite me to the studio. And then, every, then one time he was like, man, get, get in the booth, bro. <laughs> he threw me in the booth. <laughs> we just started with tour. you know they put me on track for selsky i mean he put me on i mean with a bunch of a uh, bunch of cats bro and it was just like wow like i i never thought i'd be in the studio with these dudes man so jack was just man i was my brother man i i, I really missed that dude man and he definitely introduced me to some to some solid individuals man he kept a good group around him so r.i.p to jack man um sure but yeah, man. So my that was back. You was you was going by La Rue at that at that point. What when did you make the transition from La Rue to hit a slim? Uh you're right. I was going by La Rue as an artist. And then um and actually after Brad died, you know, me and me and Brad had a albums together and I felt like we had a sound and we had a chemistry. So when Brad passed away, I really couldn't find a pocket no more. I wasn't comfortable in that lane no more you know what i'm saying i wasn't i felt like you know it was it was something missing it was it was i felt i felt that something was missing i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't carry on with it you know what i mean so i i kind of let the rapping go bro but of course i still you know was deeply especially in this region and you know my fan base was still out there but i just couldn't find a way Oh, we lost him again. Clap, clap. Okay, he back. Is that my is that my fault doing that or what? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you man. keep going in and out. I don't know what it is. Oh, oh y'all can't even hear me. Well, we can hear you we now, can hear but you now. You, yeah, but you just completely left the chat, but then you just came back in, so we good. Oh, but while I've been talking, you guys hear the whole time, right? Yep, and then then you just faded out right when you were talking about um, um, you were saying oh, you were okay. rapping for a little while, and then you uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 uh, so so I stopped so I stopped I stopped rapping because I just wasn't comfortable after breakfast. So, um, but I love music, so I was like, I'm gonna go into the DJing. I had a passion for DJing too. I was like, thing I want to venture off into. So shout out J Juice because DJ Juice was like my teacher. He came. And he walked, I went and bought a controller from Guitar Center. DJ Juice came through and he taught me like spin for spin on what to do. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And then there was a tour coming up, an E40 tour. So I was like, you know, I'm going on tour as a DJ. I didn't, it was a 30 day tour. I didn't touch the mic now one night. Mm. So, so my first live DJing was 2,000 people in the crowd. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I jumped out there. I rocked every night. I did the, um, I did all the opening acts and, um, and uh, I was doing the intermissions. I was out there rocking. So, but during the DJing process, I learned a different side of the music that I didn't understand. When you make music just as a rapper, your expectations is, oh, I recorded it. I made this song. People supposed to like it. But when I was DJing, I realized that the music that I had, I could have played my shit all night. But my shit didn't fit the format to rock this part. 
So I was playing the bangers. I was playing I going on. I was playing the records that moved the party to keep people partying. So once I got off the tour, I got back. And, and even artists, because I was showing all the artists love, like, man, send me some bangers out. Let me let me pick through a couple songs. So when they were sending me records, they'd send me like three or four records. I'd be like, nah, 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 I can play this one. So mm. I knew what kind of format I wanted to play to rock a party. Whether it was a new artist, whatever artist it is, I know when I'm going to be comfortable playing and not look cheesy up here as a DJ playing hella whack music. Mm. So when I came back, I had a different understanding of the kind of music that I would play as a DJ. So, so when I came back, uh, uh, I, I reached out and I was I hit like all new producers, send me new slaps. So they loaded me up with hella new music. And I found this producer. He was out of uh, he was out of Denver. He was out of he was out of Colorado. And uh, yeah, yeah, not, not Denver. He was out of Colorado. And, and you know, I, I list, went through my email. I listened to all the different producers. I found a couple, but it was just one. I was like, man, this dude will make it some shit. You know what I'm saying? And when I'm listening to it, I'm like, damn. And uh, so I reached out to him and he was like, oh, man, what's up, man? It's nice to meet you. You know, it was all love. He was humble. He was genuine. And I was like, bro, I'm going to fuck with some of your beats. So, whoa, whoa. so I what's heard the hog beat. His name is Mac Menace Beats. Oh, okay. Mac Menace, yep. Mac Menace Beats. So he made the hog record. So I heard the hog record and I was like, damn, this is a motherfucking hog. And when I'm listening, if you listen to that song, I was really having to be like, I was like, this is water. So quick, you know, I'm listening to the song and I'm like, this is too short. That, you know, I was just listening to it and it made me think of all the different things. I wasn't trying. I was just making a song that I thought was, you know, saying I would play the DJ. And it was so then um, I was, I recorded the record and then I had a, I, I had a, uh, 40 had a studio session. So I slid through 40 session and it was like in the wee hours, it was like two in the morning now. You know, 40 had him a couple of drinks. You know, he was, it was, it was, the session was winding down. You know, it was perking all this. And I was thinking to myself, like, damn, I wanted him on the record, but I knew he was like perking. I was like, no way I'm going to get a verse on my OG right now. So I just tapped him and was like, hey, Water, can you do some ad libs for me? And he kind of woke up and was like, oh, okay. So I had already sent the song to the engineer, Miggy. Miggy pulled the record up and it came on. Whoa, whoa. 40 woke up like, wait, what is this? <laughs> you feel me? So he, he hopped on there, did this, and then said, I was with DJ LaRue. That didn't really ring to me. So I was hit a, I came with DJ Hit a Slim. So with the with the record, I had the hog record. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just keep the DJ, the Hit a Slim. But I was like, you know, I'm going to drop the DJ and just come with the Hit a Slim. Mm. You know? So I just ran with it like that, really, as a DJ. And then it just transitioned over into me being an artist again, because then I, I created like, you know, with that song, I was just kind of just playing, bro. I wasn't taking it hella serious, trying to be hella lyrical and trying to gas hella hard and be this rapper. I wasn't even doing that. I was just having fun. So it was a different creative space for me. And I was like, damn. So then when it when I dropped it, it did half a million like off the rip. And I'm just like, damn. Uh, but I just had some fun with people fuck with it. So I really need that record and really try to crowd people like it. 
And, and when I when I peaked, I was like, oh, I know what's from So I realized what they want from me. And then from that, I was just like, oh, okay. I just hopped in that lane and I started making a couple more records. I started building a team, directors, producers, you know, uh, audio. And I just got people around me and I was like, hey, look. I'm getting back in this game. Are y'all willing to ride with me, build with me, and grow with me? We're going to do this, do that, do this, do that. And I created a team of solid individuals, bro. And it just, you know, just kind of started working. You know, people kind of gravitated to it. It was a breath, a breath of fresh air. I kind of changed my lane. Like, I don't talk about no gun violence. Or, you know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't offend nobody. I realize there's so many things. I mean, it's still some street shit. You don't know you on the streets. But there's so many different elements of the streets. Like somebody don't always gotta be offended. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But yeah, I remember. I remember you even telling me, man, like, cause I, I picked you know, like your beat selection is is you know, like you definitely know how to pick beats. And I think you were just like hearing you talk about the DJ process, listening to like you know now what the audience wants to hear. You kind of know like just from that other side yeah. of the music. To like UK now, you know, you you was even telling me like at one point like you need more up tempo beats. You need something that they could play in the club. Like it's cool to have music you could just ride to, but you know if you really want to make it, you got to have them club bangers. So yeah, and and, and, and and when I say a club banger, it don't have to be like you talking about popping bottles and all that. Right. It just got to be in a tempo that a person could that, that make a person want to move some type of way. Like, you know what I'm saying? I realized like I'm going to make music that's going to make want to make you hit this jackhammer or give you a certain bounce. You know what I'm saying? Make make people want to do something. Make people, you know what I'm saying? If you just sitting there, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, I, I don't want people to hear my music and mean mug and get mad and do that. I mean, that's how I used to do. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not knocking it. But you know what I'm saying? I feel like even with the uh, with a lot of the music that's out right now, a lot the music is real violent, and, and that comes from the history of this shit. So I get it, and I'm not knocking it. But it's like at some point, it's like you know, like I got the little homies who who uh, you know, they approach me all the time. I give them all the game I can give them, and I listen to the songs, and it's like you know, I, I tell them like, bro, like you got 16 songs right here, and somebody died on every song, bro. Mm. So we got to, th there's no shock value in it no more. Back in the day when you had NWA and Tupac and all these different people, there was shock value in hearing that that type of shit. Like, oh shit, did you hear what he said? But it's like now everybody run, running with the same trend. There's no shock value in me hearing you, all the shit you did to, you know, so it's just, it's no shock value in it no more. Right. 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 I feel that. So, you know, it's just finding that balance, you know? Yeah, but well, that comes from experience too, man. I mean, you are definitely a veteran uh, in the in the rap game, and you know you've been through your transitions, obviously from from being high school to to what you did, you know, with with um, a wall, and then after going independent, I know you did some collabs with like Lil Rick, and and then you went to the DJ route. Um, and so another thing I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, I know the name hit a slim, but I know you went through like a health uh, transition too, right? Where you you kind of got, got your weight down. You started eating differently. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, man. Uh, that's a whole nother. It's a man. How much time we got? It's a whole. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's another transition I made as far as with the health thing, because, you know, uh, just over the years, like just living the hip hop life back with Jack and all that. You know, we all packed on a lot of weight, bro. And it was just like that just came with a part of getting older 
and 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 late night meals and you know uh uh getting high doing this doing that and it was just like it started taking a toll on me bro my blood pressure was through the roof um you know it was just a lot of stuff happening I, I couldn't bear I was uh I was I stopped breathing in my sleep I was you know it was a lot of health issues that I started having and I'm going to these doctors and they like hey bro like this ain't good here goes some blood pressure medication this that and the other you know it was just a lot of shit I was going through and eventually my doctor was like look man here's this you need to follow these eating regimens man you need to get on this because if not eventually you're gonna die this is not this is not you know you know the, the, the this health ain't it so um I just I took heed, man, and I took it serious. And then once I started getting on the path of with my eating and things like that, I cut out meat, I cut out all animals. I had to give up something. And once I did that, the weight started falling off. Bro. They say, you know, I got too little. Like I was, you know, I went from like you know two you know what I mean? Because I was so disciplined and so deep in my uh in my in my discipline to where you know I realized like damn I stopped liking food. Like I don't even I only eat when I know I need to eat something. Like it was days I realized I like damn wait I didn't even eat. So then I had to just get back on track and find that balance and find that medium. And then once I did that, it was like you know you know the weight came back. I got to a comfortable size, but. The excitement of losing all that weight had me extremely excited, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I'm wearing shit that I always wanted to wear. I'm jumping, I'm skipping, I'm dancing, I'm having a ball. Genuinely, I'll be fretting if I said that I didn't see like all these low ass uh, clothes motherfuckers wearing. And I wanted to wear that shit one day too. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I, you know, and and, and, I, and I took full advantage and had a fucking blast. I'm still having a blast. I ain't gonna lie, bro. It's it's great to be able to go in the store and shop at these stores I could never shop at. I was shopping big and tall, bro, and, and, and that's fine. However, you know, is your level, but you know, just I came in the game as a little dude, and then I got I lost all my discipline living the rap life and doing all that, and it took a toll on me, bro. So I had to really, you know, get my discipline in order to get myself back in a a comfortable place. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Health is wealth. Surely, end of the day, when I really realized that, I realized the real happiness is when you're comfortable in your skin. You can have all the money in the world and fuck around and fall over and be sick as fuck. And it's just like, bruh, it's just, you know, a lot of it that I thought mattered didn't really matter. You know what I mean? I realized what real wealth is and what real happiness is. People always told me health is wealth, bruh, but I didn't really realize it until I really got to experience it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everything changed once I got that weight off me and I, my confidence level changed. My, I was light on my feet. I'm moving right. I'm I'm feeling right. I'm not sluggish. I'm not tired. I can't sleep more than five hours. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything in my whole body changed. You know what I'm saying? A lot of I got a lot of people out there who don't even who don't even know about my whole lateral history. Like they don't even know who lateral is. And that's fine. If you don't know, I don't be I don't I don't run around carrying that. I yeah. restarted and started a whole new career. It was like, hey, I'm not going to. At first, I was going to put Laru Presents, Hit a Slam, because I was holding on to something. Then I realized, like, bro, if I'm talented and, I, and, and I'm and I'm, and I'm uh, what I say I am, I should, it's the talent that should, that, should, that should bring me to the forefront. I'm trying to carry all this old shit. It's like it's over for that. Mm. I'm blessed for my catalog. My catalog is there, but I'm starting anew. 
So it's there's a lot of my fan base that don't even know nothing about the LaRue shit. You bring any of that up, they're like, what's that? Yeah. But that's cool, so man, now, because what you're doing now, I mean, I think it's, it's got more impact and we live in a time where you could do more with, with your artistry. Um, and so I think you can, you know, I think it's a great evolution to where you are now. Um, and just seeing what you're doing with the jackhammer trends, with all the different stuff you're coming out with, with the, uh, with the cool, I'm out, you know, <laughs> all the stuff you're doing, man, yeah, you gotta be, yeah, yeah. You gotta be active, too. Yeah. you know, we're getting old. So yeah I'm, yeah, I'm having fun, bro. I'm just having fun, bro. Word, man. Keep it positive and having fun, my brother. That's what it's about, man. All right, well, hey, we get into that part of the show. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple other questions just real quick um, before we get into the rundown. Um, are you a Raider or a Niner fan or both? Uh, I, I'm, I'm really I'm really both, but I definitely, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm both, bro. I just like all the Bay teams, bro. I support all the Bay teams. So I'm not like one of the ones that's like, you know what I'm saying? Because the Raider fans is diehard Raider fans and the Niner fans is diehard Niner fans. But I really just support the Bay, bro. Right. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, so Slim, since they left then, since the Raiders left, would you still root for them? I still root for them, but now, of course, I got to lean on the Niners. So I'm okay. definitely going to say I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a Niner. Mm. And then what about the Warriors and SAC? Like are the LA Kings or the, obviously the Warriors? I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a Warrior, and I ain't no question. I can't, you know what I'm saying? I, I ain't never been into the Sacramento Kings. Nothing but love for the Sac and the Kings, but I'm a warrior for sure. Okay, what about A's and Giants? Um, I, I, I got to go with the Bay on that one. Both? Yep. Word. Did you play any sports coming up in high school? Or was coming up, yeah. C coming up, bro. I was, I was on every sport, bro. I was playing... I, you know, I was I, I was playing soccer, bro. I was playing basketball, baseball. I played Duvernay. I played for the blue uh, for, for the Blue Devils. I was rocking, but you know, it's just having that having that support system behind me to push me in it. I never had that, so you know, I didn't pursue it and then took other routes and all that type of stuff. You know, what's your favorite? If you had to I pick love, any, I love baseball. Yep. That's a dying sport, man. So good on you for liking Hit up. it. Hit up. Let's go. I played shortstop and I played center field. I was out there. Shorts, shortstop's a jam, man. Like, that is a rough position. I mean, out, out feels rough too, but you got to be on like everything for shortstop. You got to be like. Very I well. Was, I was climbing all over. I, I was digging that ball out the ground. I was center field and I was shortstop all uh, day. So I, I talk about baseball being a dying, uh, dying sport only because, like, it, unless you grew up with baseball and unless you grew up with that love with, like, you know, your parents like really loving it or something like that. Like this, like new generation, it's really rough to like get them. Do you have like any advice, maybe, for like the reason why you love baseball so much and why it like apply to you so much and maybe that that way the mlb can maybe use that as like a I just, mm -hmm. I, I just love the hand-eye coordination and just being able to you know um you know it, it's just the athleticism like you know what i'm saying like like football with football i played football but i, I was quarterback i'm keeping real with football i kind of bagged out the shit because you know it was, it was so much a contact sport i ain't gonna lie I'm keeping uh, when I was playing, you know what I'm saying, for, for, 
for one, I was playing quarterback. And, you know, I always had a mouth on me. I'll talk hella shit, hella competitive. And motherfuckers would be trying to smash me. And one time I got smashed hella fucking hard. And I was like, bro, I'm cool. It was a white boy too. He smashed me so fucking hard. He had me reconsider my whole shit. I was like, I never want to get hit like that again. You know, because I was running and I and he was he was at me. I had to take the hit. And I tried to, you know what I'm saying? I went head up and I was like, I could. Awesome. Okay, when it right before he comes back, he can edit all this like in and out and stuff. So okay. But hey, it's, it's like my shit is on a timer after every certain amount of time it just go off. Right through that. But we 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 got oh, that's weird. Well we're we're almost done. So um do you wanna do you wanna go maybe we can like cut cut you to the rundown? Yeah, we're gonna edit it too, but yeah, yeah. just it, that's crazy about the football thing too. You you're the second rapper that told me that I was I was chilling with the game one time uh down in LA and he said I asked him if he played football, he's like, Yeah, man, I was a wide receiver and one time I went up to catch the ball. And this dude hit me so damn hard, and I like did a flip, landed on my head, and I, I literally just walked off the field like fuck this shit. I ain't never doing this shit again. Yeah, bro, I took a hit so hard, I went head up with him, bro. Like you know, and I, and, and bro, I was I was done. I said I ain't never doing that ever again. I'm cool. This ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah. Cause with the football, because with the football, I felt like. I wanted the least contact as possible, so I was running to the quarterback shit, but then they was trying to kill me. Yeah. You so I was just like, damn, bro, like, I I'm cool, bro. That's too much. That's why I respect TBC. He out there, you know what I'm saying, clashing. I'm cool, bro. Like, you know, that's a real contact sport. Yeah, it takes a special pre to to want to play football. You know. Yeah, you got to be a little crazy. <laughs> but yeah that, that's what's up man well hey um you know i think uh i think we got through a lot of a lot of good stuff um you know we talked a little bit about your career about um uh, you know your your, uh, your regimen and health we talked a bit about your sports being in the bay area um so i think you know we'll get into the rundown right now and then i just want you to do a little you know if you can um maybe shout out some of these projects or anything you got working on. Cause anybody listening, man, you go check out hit a slim, man. You won't be disappointed. The boy got slaps on deck. So hey, right, right on my brother. I appreciate that. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a definitely a fan, you know, I'm your friend, you know, brothers, you know, and we definitely, we were working on an EP at one point. We may need to revisit that. Hey, for real, man. Hey, hey, we got some bangers TBC. You know, we got some stuff in the cut. So, you know, let's not let it collect too much dust, man. Let's hey, get you know I'm with you, brother. Whatever you want to do, you know I'm with you. All right. That's what's up, man. Well, cool, man. Let's go ahead and get into the rundown. Um, with no further ado, first question. Everybody gets this question. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? Bird, for sure. Bird. I told you, ain't nobody trying to be a fish, but it's whatever. It's cool. Hey, it's cool. Everybody want to fly, man. Everybody want to fly. It, it, it is what it is. It's what it is. That's I, let me be a bald eagle, man. I, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying, I'm so endangered. I mean, they're beautiful. Have you ever seen a bald eagle fly? They're gorgeous. Hell yeah, and they swooping down. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. With those talents, they be picking Surely. up like deers and shit. I'm, I'm picking up foxes and all type of everything. You feel me? Wolves and helicopters and shit. 
that might need to be your next, you know, like a you got like a gator, like a hog, like a like a uh what's the other one? Like yeah. a spider, like an eagle, baby. Let's go. Hey, you know, my new one, my you know, my next album coming out is uh hunting like a leopard. Like a leopard? Yes, sir. So I got so I got uh hogging in the dog lane. I got uh, biting like a gator, crawling like a spider, um, creeping like a wolf, charging like a bull, hunting like a leopard. Mm. My man bringing the zoo out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, it's just my lane, bro. It's just my lane, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I like it, man. That's great. That's great branding, man. Good for the brand. All right. Next question. Um, would you rather give up social media or eat the same thing, eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Um, no, I'm going to eat the same dinner because I'm already a repetitive eater. Mm. I'm a repetitive eater. I, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, I don't live to eat no more. You know what I'm saying? I eat to live. So I, I eat the same thing every day because I'm not eating it for, oh, you know, my, the, you know, I, I experience health issues worrying about, oh, I got to taste this. Oh, I had this the other day and I don't want to take. Nah, I eat the same meal every day. I'm very, I'm a very repetitive eater. What do you repeatedly eat? Um, I eat, I, I eat, I eat some avocado toast. Um, uh, I do egg white, uh. I do egg. I do, you know, I eat egg whites with sliced avocado, um, sliced tomato. Uh, I'm real repetitive. I'll make a little small salad. Mm. I just eat light. I'm not a heavy eater. A lot of do you uh, intermittent? Go ahead. Do you sorry about that, but do you intermittent fast? Because that's what I'm doing right now. I've like on and off done it, and it's great. Yeah, sometimes like 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 right now, I'm I'm actually I just I just started one. So, so sometimes I'll do a no chew. Like right now I'm doing a no chew. So I'm not going to chew nothing for five days. So if I got to chew it, I can't eat it. So I'm going yeah. I, I have a smoothie. Maybe I drink some water, but I'll do a no chew. So, you know, so yeah, so that, uh, that, that's a real good, um, a body toner too. So, you know, right now, uh, I'm on a no chew for next five days. Nothing I got to chew. Oh, I heard of that, man. You might have to write a little little diet book or something, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, bro. I, I, I give it to a lot of my peoples, and a lot of my people take heed. And you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, us, you know, once we start getting, you know what I'm saying, up in age a little bit, man, we really got to pay attention, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, people could spend all their time chasing money and doing all that. That's great and all that. But if you could find that balance and take care of your body, too, man, watch what you're putting in your real vehicle. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to put no motherfucking uh, 87 in your Bentley. But you'll but you'll put this low grade shit in your body. That's your real vehicle. So we just gotta just be focused on that. Mm. You know? Okay. Next next question. A uh, couple more. Would you rather um, be able to read someone's mind or control their mind? Uh, I want to read it. Mm. Okay. I want to read it. Okay. Any reason why? Um, because cause cause then I it gives me the up because then I would, you know what I'm saying, be able to read it and uh it would it, it would I would already know their next move versus um you know, cause then I can play it's like being able to play uh dominoes and see somebody's hand. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna play it off of the knowledge that I already know. I know what you're thinking and I can read your mind. 
So I'm going to play it off of that. Okay, I can feel that. Okay, a couple more, and then we we get to the moment of truth. Uh, this one's a little more comical. Would you would you would you rather find a hundred dollar bill floating in the toilet or, or a twenty dollar bill on the ground? Um. Uh, well, it depends on what's in the toilet with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's a, it's a tricky one. Because, you know, hey, I mean, you know, shit, give me the hunt done. Just go rinse that thing off real quick, right? Man, I'm like, wait, come well, on, what? Wait, can you use gloves to get the hunt up? As long as I ain't got to use my bare hand, I'm going to use all kind of shit. I'm gonna, shit, I'm getting that hunt done. Get that hunt done then. Ah. <laughs> hey, some, hey, all money ain't good money, but a hundred is a hundred dollars, you know? That's, that's you know what I'm saying? Okay. Amen. All right. And then uh, I'll hit you with one more question. Um, let's see. Let's do this one. Let's do uh, Would you rather No, nah, I want to hit you with that one. How about this one? Would you rather be born in the past or born in the future? Uh, I'll probably, I would say the past. Even with I the color of your skin? I mean, I mean, well, it depends on how far in the past we're talking, just as long as it's after slavery. Uh, I'm just saying it wasn't great pre-slavery and it wasn't great till, like, you know, we've come a long way. I mean, but, you know, I still look at it like, you know, in, in the past, like in the 80s and, you know, uh, stuff like that, especially in the 80s. A lot of, uh, you know, like our parents and stuff like that, they had a lot more opportunity. Property was cheaper. You know, depending on what your what your focus is, there was a lot more opportunity to own half of this shit. So, I mean, I guess you'd have to know, right? Would you would would you be given the ability to know everything that happened in the future if you were born in the past? Well, no. Nah, obviously, you just gotta you know because we obviously don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but you know it's gonna be a lot different in the past. Although history right. does repeat itself, but you know, like he just talked about, you know, values and. Um, you know, the cost of living and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was a lot easier to maneuver. Plus, just values in general. I think the value system people are, you know, kind of pulling away from from what we were raised. You know, from from our days coming up, a lot of a lot of that stuff is getting lost in the, in the mix. So, um, you know, principles and stuff. I think were a lot stronger back back in the day. But we don't know what the future holds. You know, we don't know. So right. I agree with that one. So All the right. past, okay. The past. So the, here's here we go. The moment of truth for for hit a slim. If you could if you could perform at any venue, any major stadium, sellout show, where would it be? And give me five artists, dead or alive, that you would you would put on the docket with you on the on the uh, on the flyer to perform. Um. I would go with, uh, I would go with, you know, something futuristic. I want to rock in Vegas at that new stadium. Mm. Oh, at Allegiant? Yeah, I, I, I rock at the new, at the new stadium because I've done the Coliseum, of course, but I would do, I would do the new stadium in, um, in, in Vegas 
And of course, I gotta see Drizzy rock. I, I have him on there if I could. Um, I would go with Drizzy. I would have uh Lauren Hill up there. Um that'd be tight. I would have uh who else would I have? Drizzy, you mean Drake, right? You talking about Drake? Yeah, I would have Drake up there, okay. I would have Lauren Hill up there, I would have uh who else would I throw up there? Um Dead or alive? Well, I mean, of course, Pac. I would throw Pac up there for surely. There you go. Okay. Um, and uh, I had a Jack up there. Hmm. You dig what I'm saying? I had Jack up there. And then I'll send them out on some... Uh, I'll send him out on some Sade. Hey, hey. shout out to Sade. I'm, lo- I'm actually loving this lineup. I wish that we could have Pac back so we can actually make hey, this happen. I love this. So Pac and Jack on the same stage? Wow. So Pac, Jack, Sade, Drake. You dig what I'm saying? That's a crazy I show. love this lineup. Lauren Hill. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love this whole entire, like, every person that you said, I love it. I, I wish that we could actually make it happen. <laughs> no, hey, you know, <sighs> they got holograms, you know, but hey, you know, speaking into existence, and then Vegas yeah. is all, I, I haven't been to that stadium yet, but I've heard great things, plus you in Vegas for the after party, so, yeah, that would be wild, bro. No. That'd be wild. That's what's up, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, any um, that's our that's our show. Any um, any quick uh, shout outs you want to give, or or uh, anything you want to promote in terms of uh, upcoming projects that we can look forward to? Man, uh, be on the lookout. I just dropped this project called Black Ice with uh, tracks FDR. That's available now. That came out about maybe maybe about a week and a half ago. Then of course I got this nothing like a leopard. I'm filming. I'm dropping. I'm just staying consistent, man. Trying to keep it going. You know. Word. Or, okay. Well, we'll be on the lookout, man. And obviously, we're going to hit that TBC, hit a slam EP coming too. So, you better know it. You better know it. Let's go. Happening. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, we'll definitely try to get you back in the future. And, and good luck with everything you got going. I'll definitely stay in touch with you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Y'all have a good one, okay? Appreciate you. You nice too. Day. Thank you so much, Slim. It was wonderful to meet you. Okay, now. All right, y'all. Peace. Thanks. All right. Should I hit him? Should I split him? Should I get him? You should just finish the roll with him. Then I sit him down. Get up now. Put it down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.